0: Welcome to our Clothed with the Sun daily podcast, our reading and meditation on the Gospel of the Day. I am James Thomas. Today is Thursday, January the 18th, 2024. I forgot the year for a second. And our reading today is from the Gospel according to St. Mark. Jesus withdrew toward the sea with his disciples. A large number of people came to him also from Jerusalem from Idumea, from beyond the Jordan, and from the neighborhood of Tyre and Sidon. He told his disciples to have a boat ready for him because of the crowd, so that they would not crush him. He had cured many, and as a result those who had diseases were pressing upon him to touch him. And whenever unclean spirits saw him, they would fall down before him and shout, You are the Son of God. He warned them sternly not to make him known. I'm thinking today of Jesus is a magnet for those of us who are honest. Even the demons can be honest. They're not always honest. Jesus calls Satan the father of lies. But they're even being honest. They're recognizing you are the son of God. They're doing that because Jesus doesn't want them to. Jesus doesn't want these uh, public confessions that will get in the way of his pattern, his progress, his plan for salvation. Eventually he will reveal himself fully, but he's in the process and he wants to be able to go into towns and cities. And the more he's being made known, now he's being driven out into deserted places. I was saying the other day, he's traded places with the lepers because the lepers... Or at least one or two of them told everybody that, you know, I found the Messiah. He cured me when Jesus said, don't tell anybody about it. So Jesus draws the crowds. And I say honesty. I don't necessarily mean honesty as far as they all understand him and they all know who he is. But honesty insofar as they know there's a need and he's satisfying the need. Many people that are listening to this right now, and even myself in saying this, we are not always honest. I mean, if these people are seeking miracle cures, okay, that's an easy honesty, because everybody knows you're sick. If he fed the thousands and people are hungry, well, that's an easy one, too. I'm hungry, and I'm going to go to this guy that fed me. He even offers a little bit of a critique in John 6. He says, uh... You know, you're not coming after me for signs. You're coming because you ate and had your fill. Um, and even the sign thing is going to be a little bit critiqued later. So Jesus is a magnet. I, I'm i thinking, first of all, this is how it's supposed to be. We're all supposed to be honest about how much we need him. And as a result, if we were truly honest, our churches would be jam-packed, Right? We would need more masses, certainly more priests. I had a conversation one time with Archbishop Chaput, who was recently Bishop of Philadelphia. This is back when he was in Denver. He was a friend of a friend, and so we I had the opportunity to meet him and talk to him. And he was saying, you know, we have just enough priests for the number of devout people that we have. In other words, there's so few people recognizing the need and coming to Jesus that you don't really need as many priests in this day and age um but we want to be in a situation where there's more and more people coming to Jesus and as a result more and more priests to satisfy those needs for confession for the eucharist for the sacraments for preaching etc so i just think well i mean the main thing i want to talk about today just to kind of illustrate this point is my experience in denver colorado in 1993 pope john paul Uh, initiated, not long before that, what was called World Youth Day, and he would go around the world to different locations, and still the popes do this, World Youth Day, where they gather the young people from all over the world to pray together, to have mass together, to listen to talks, to sing and dance, and all kinds of stuff like that. So this is one of the earlier World Youth Days that was in Denver, Colorado, and Pope John Paul came. And I had a bunch of people on a bus with me. We had our youth group and there was also a young adult group and we filled the bus and we traveled across the country. We stopped. We started in New Jersey. We stopped in Ohio one night. We stopped in Missouri and then we stopped in Kansas and then eventually we made it to Denver. And as we were going across the country, we were listening to news reports where the media was telling everyone that no one was coming to World Youth Day. Nobody was coming. It's going to be a failure because Pope John Paul is obviously a failure. He's an old man with old ideas and nobody wants to listen to that stuff. And as we heard these news reports, we thought to ourselves and we discussed it, well, we're going to be there <laughs> and we can't wait to see the Holy Father. And yeah, we there. there's so much. I mean, we're so excited to see the Pope and we thought, well, at least we'll have them all to ourselves then. If what they're saying is true, that nobody's coming. But we got closer, got closer, finally got there. And there were people as far as you could see in every direction. And the people just kept coming long after we were there. They said for the mass on the second day, uh, there were a million people there. When we were there on the first day listening to talks and the evening program, Uh, I don't know how many people there were, maybe half a million, maybe a little under half a million. But it was just people as far as you could see in every direction. And there was a concert before the Pope arrived. We were all in our spots, just spread out across this huge park. And I remember they had different musicians, one of whom was Michael W. Smith. And as he was singing the song, I will be here for you. I mean, I'm getting choked up just thinking about it the Pope's helicopter starts to fly in and we know that's him. He's up there in that helicopter and it flies in and it lands as Michael W. Smith continues to sing. I will be here for you. And it was such the perfect song for him to arrive by because so many people there that day were, I mean, just to talk to different people, young people from all over the world, and especially all over this country. In many ways, young people had felt that they didn't have a father, Some people had problems with their fathers. Some people grew up in single-parent homes. Some people didn't have an active parish to belong to. Some people felt abandoned by their priests and by their church. They had heard all about uh, scandals. And many people had attended Catholic schools where the faith was no longer really strongly being taught. And just on so many levels, I'm so sorry, that's my phone acting up on so many levels, there was this feeling of abandonment, abandonment by the church, abandonment by our church leaders, and abandonment of fatherhood. Pope John Paul very often spoke about how one of the greatest problems in our world today is the father wound and people feeling like I don't have a father. What that ultimately comes to is I don't have a prayer life because we have a father. And he's the author of fatherhood. All earthly fathers are merely a symbol, an image of him. And so this man, the Pope, one single man, traveled the world all over the place, all the countries of the world, especially for World Youth Days, because he wanted to spend time with me and with the other young people that were there. And it hit us. When he came in, the helicopter landed on the stage. The song ended, and he came out, and I remember it like it was yesterday. The Holy Father walked towards us as we cheered, as we screamed, John Paul II, we love you. And he took a look at us, and he waved, and he started bawling. And then all of us did the same thing. We all started bawling. He explained later, he said that he was also listening to those news reports and he had started to believe them and he started to wonder if maybe no one was coming, if maybe his ideas were antiquated, if maybe young people are out of touch with God and the church. And so when he saw us, he saw the crowd, he saw how excited we were to be with him, he just started to cry. And then when that was over, then he started leading us in cheers. He's a great cheerleader. And he just said all these things that made us scream and yell and holler and cheer for him. And he said, no, no, John Paul too. I love you. And then he encouraged us to pray with him. And it was just so beautiful. He gave us numerous talks and it was so exciting being with him is an experience I'll never forget. And then the next morning he woke us up. It was crazy mass was supposed to start at 10 we were going to wake up at the last minute we had been up all night <laughs> goofing off singing dancing whatever and here we are now it's eight thirty in the morning and he was already there and he saw us all out there sleeping the place was quiet so he got on the microphone and said good morning good morning wake up sleepy heads and we started all to wake up. The Pope woke us up and we all started to shout at him, leave us alone, <laughs> let us sleep. No, I am the Pope. You must listen. <laughs> wake up, sleepy heads! get out the bed. So he told us to get up and wash our faces and get ready, get ready for mass. And it was an hour and a half before mass. And it was such a joy to wake up with a million people around you because people were just coming in from everywhere now for this mass. And we got ready, and then we had Mass, and his Mass was incredible, and his message to us was incredible, and inspired so many of us to want to go into ministry, to want to go into and really live lives of service to the gospel, live lives of prayer, live lives in union with Christ. He encouraged us, and we listened. And this is what I think of, I mean, John Paul II is just a man. He's a saint. But he's just a man. To be in the presence of Pope John Paul, so many people said this, it was just to be in the presence of pure joy. You would just smile and feel so good about yourself just being in his presence. If that's true for him, how much more is it true for being in the presence of Jesus? For how they felt back then 2,000 years ago, for how we ought to feel if we're spending time with Jesus in adoration. There is a joy that is produced by adoration. Jesus is a magnet for those who are honest. Jesus is a magnet for youth. Jesus is a magnet for those hurting. We all are like children in one way or another. We are all hurting in one way or another. We all need deliverance from evil in one way or another. We need cures. We need to be fed. And this is why Jesus simply alone as a man during those three years of his public ministry needed to go out on boats and needed to go out to deserted places because even if people didn't fully understand him, And even though comparatively speaking, we're still talking a small amount of people, the crowds just loved him. The crowds were drawn to him. And this is something we need to think of how much we need Jesus. I talked recently about Saturday night live, uh, Renditions of different gospel passages and, and people imitating Jesus and how there was one that I really didn't like. It was um, one of the actors was playing Jesus and another one was Tim Tebow. And Tim Tebow, as we know, is a devout Christian. And when Jesus came into the football locker room, Tim just wanted to hug him and be with him and talk to him. And Jesus kept pushing him back like, all right, calm down, Tim. I'll, I'm going to give you some football advice, but easy on all the affection, easy on all the attention. And um, that's not how Jesus is. That's not what Jesus wants. And so, yeah, for a true Christian, that can be offensive. Um, The fact is he wants us to be like those crowds, especially now that he's not walking around as man the way he did 2000 years ago. But he's present to us in the blessed sacrament, in prayer, in the Bible, in so many ways where two or more gathered in his name. And he wants us to long for him and love him and seek him out. And just live our lives in a manner that shows we can't get enough of him. It's the same way that Our Lady is. She adored her son from the beginning to the end. And if we're devoted to her, she desires to share her heart with us, which just simply longs to be with Jesus all the time. To adore him, to praise him and recognize, yes, if we are honest, we desperately need Jesus. Have a great day. God bless you.